I am ready when you are. Okay, Dad. Dad. From Boogieland Media, this is On Carlson Drive, a dusty little dirt road of memories from the wit and whimsy of Wendy Bonifield. This week's episode, Dad. Like many young girls, I believed my dad could do anything. Okay, the truth is, even as an old girl, I believed my dad could do anything. He was a published author, an accomplished musician, a preacher, teacher, philosopher, builder, artist, athlete, and a nice guy. He could be strict. We were given some stern talking tos, although I never heard him raise his voice. He was a gentle person, and his way of getting you to do something was rational persuasion. You have learned to play an instrument. The band is playing. They need you, so you should play. The fact that your friends are not playing doesn't matter. He was not an overly demonstrative person. We didn't get lots of hugs and I love yous. Nevertheless, I knew I was loved. His most affectionate move would be his hand on your shoulder and a little shake with a gentle smile and a nod of his head. Then you knew you did something well. To make my dad proud of me, to get that little bit of approval, and to not disappoint him. Those were two very powerful motivators in my life. I have to say he became significantly more loving in his grandparent years, easily showing pride in his grandchildren with lots of hugs. I was like, who is this snuggly person? Where is my strict father? Although, to be fair, he certainly wasn't always stoic and strict. Even when he had to dispense a little discipline, he would come back with some light-hearted interaction to smooth things over. As a small child, when I was upset with my dad, I would crawl under my sheets to the end of my bed and cry. Dad would crawl under there with me, and I would end up laughing simply because he looked so silly, squished under the sheets with the little bit of hair he had, all full of static. We lived in an old two-story house in Plymouth, Michigan when I was nine. My sister Lisa, 11, and my brother Dan was six. The second floor consisted of two bedrooms and a large closet in which Lisa and I made a secret hideout. My dad would sometimes stand in the hallway at the top of the stairs between our rooms and play his euphonium for us when we went to sleep. He would play songs, but my favorite thing was when he played animals play an elephant and he would play something that sounded like an elephant or play a monkey. We would throw all kinds of suggestions at him and he never missed a beat. Me and my little brother shared a room and Lisa had her own room. Yes, I'm thinking the same thing. Why was I sharing a room with my little brother and not my sister? Lisa and I were closer in age. I do not have an answer for this other than Lisa would rather live in a closet than share a room with me. I have two memories of that room. The first, my sister making fun of me because I called my new stuffed bear, Bale. I don't know. I was nine and it seemed like the bear warranted baby talk. Second, there was a period of many days when Dan would not go to sleep because he was sure a gorilla was outside the window. 
It turned out to be a tree, and to be fair, it was a gnarly tree, and when the wind blew, the branches brushed against the house. Dad trimmed the branches, and the gorilla went away. Plymouth was my parents' first appointment as Salvation Army officers. It seemed like every Sunday. I'm sure it wasn't, but it seemed like it. After church, Dad would say, everyone into the living room, and he would give us a stern talking to on how to behave in church, then a spanking for each of us because we did not behave properly. This was Dan's fault. Both of my parents were busy running the service. Six-year-old Dan was free to wreak havoc. He would crawl under the pews and run around the chapel, simply causing trouble. My parents could do nothing about it. Because Dan was trouble, we all paid for it. Now, when I say I got a spanking, it was hardly a spanking. It was a tiny little tap on the side of my leg. The real hurt was disappointing my dad. Now that I think about it, I'm sure my parents were overwhelmed. This was all new, and their kids were not helping. I do have a fond memory of sitting on the floor of the platform behind the modesty rails, coloring while my dad preached his sermon. I happily laid on the floor, listening to my dad talk, and quietly colored. One time, Lisa and I were extra mad at Dad, so we hid in our hideout in the closet on the second floor. We had found a nice-sized opening in the back, and our tiny little bodies could squeeze through the opening. Lisa and I brought blankets and snacks to make it nice and cozy. We planned on hiding in there until Dad missed us. Won't he be sorry for being so mean? But then, what about Mom? Mom, she would miss us too, and, and we didn't want to worry Mom. We only wanted to make Dad feel bad. Because we didn't want to hurt Mom, we didn't stay there very long, so no one missed us at all. Before my dad was a Salvation Army officer, or pastor, he was a mechanical engineer for AC Spark Plug in Michigan. He designed the dashboards of cars. He told me which cars he designed, but I don't remember. He loved to tell his story of his start as an engineer, especially when my girls would tell him about their math troubles. He struggled in math at school as well, he said. Failing classes are barely getting by. As he was struggling away in the last math class he needed to pass high school, his teacher told him she would pass him if he promised to never take a math class again. So naturally, he went on to college and became an engineer by working hard and simply deciding he would succeed. He also liked to tell us how bad his handwriting was in school and how his teachers would scold him for his poor penmanship. The story was prompted often by my poor penmanship. I didn't have poor penmanship because I was lazy or couldn't produce a beautiful cursive G. I had poor penmanship because I couldn't spell. If I wrote sloppy, one could not tell if that was an A or a U, or if I was missing a letter or two. So I got the penmanship story. He was determined to improve his writing, and he practiced his cursive over and over until every letter was the way he wanted it. He did have lovely penmanship, such delicate handwriting for such strong hands. My dad's hands were big, strong hands with neat, trimmed nails. 
He always carried a pocket knife in his pocket, used for many things, one of which was to keep his nails trimmed nicely, a pocket knife and a handkerchief. Once on a long road trip, we stopped at a gas station, and we were all looking around the little convenience store, although we would not have bought anything. I didn't want to get too far away from my dad, so I reached up to grab my dad's hands without really looking closely at the person next to me. When I took his hand, I knew instantly it was not my dad's hand. He was wearing a similar yellow jacket, but it was the wrong hand. Quickly dropped the strange hand and went outside to wait for my dad. Dad was a mover. No time to sit and chat. He wasn't much of a game player. He particularly hated card games. He called them filing exercises. When we played Pictionary, he would draw the picture of the word he was given and set it before us. Here it is. This is it. If you can't get it from this, then you are imbeciles, because my drawing explains it perfectly. He would never call anyone an imbecile, but it was implied. Dad, we are not getting it, so draw something else. It's all right there. I see it perfectly. As a young man, he was a basketball player and the track star in high school, a sprinter. He was fiercely competitive. Once when we had a family vacation with all the aunts, uncles, and cousins at my grandparents' cabin, we played a giant game of capture the flag. My dad and I were on opposing sides, and he had nabbed our team's flag. Somehow, I was the one who saw him, so I ran after him. I was only around 10 years old. Clearly, he was faster than me. He was just toying with me, dodging trees, but somehow, I tagged him. He gave up the flag without a fuss and let my team celebrate with me. But later, he had to let us all know that the only reason I got him was because a pine needle had poked his eye. To this day, I wish he had let me be excited about catching him. He was pleased when I ran track in middle school. Unfortunately, I was terribly slow. Not a sprinter like him, so I ran the mile. I was always trailing far behind, but he cheered me on at my track meet, giving me all kinds of advice on running faster. But I'm afraid this was not going to be my shining moment, and I could see him kind of shaking his head. He pretty much did know everything. He always had a better way of doing things, and he was usually infuriatingly right. I believe over the years he learned not to give his opinion about everything and let people do it the way they wanted, even if they were doing it all wrong. Although I think he didn't always see things as clearly as he thought. One way of doing things worked best for him, but he didn't always take other people's inclinations or skills into consideration. For example, one day he felt like we were using too much shampoo. He gave us a big lecture on us using our resources wisely. See here, I only use a small pea-sized drop of shampoo, putting a small drop of shampoo on his hand as an example. But here is the thing. My dad was bald. The only hair he had was a thin strip of hair around his head, whereas I had long, thick hair. My hair would only laugh at that tiny bit of shampoo. He would not hear a word of it. I did what all teenage girls have done for centuries. 
I ignored him. I never remember my dad having hair on his head. He was a bit of a gorilla everywhere else, but not on the top of his head. He owned it. Never did the comb over. A toupee was never even considered. He did grow a beard once. My mom hated it. She painted her fingernails bright red, which my dad hated. She said, when you shave that beard, I will take off this nail polish. He kept it for a while, but it didn't last long. I didn't like it either. He didn't look right. Dad could fix anything. Long before YouTube days, he was able to figure out how things worked. He was pragmatic when it came to building things. He would build a chair if we needed a chair. The chair would be simple, well-built, and useful. Designs or intricate carvings or decorations were unnecessary. His chairs were beautiful in their simplicity and function. His artistry came out in his music. He was a well-respected euphonium player with brilliant technique, with a beautiful tone and musicianship. I learned much of my musical abilities from him. He was not a great teacher because his music came to him so naturally. When I was a young player, it was frustrating for him to play with me because I was not very good. As I grew and improved, we would play duets together and I learned from him simply by playing with him. I learned by listening to him play. He was a stickler with counting and playing rhythms right, so he didn't let me get away with sloppy playing. Play every note in that run. Some people will tell you to get the first and last note. That is sloppy playing. Get every note. If I was practicing and I played a wrong note, he would holler at me, the right note. You keep missing that B flat. But mostly it was his tone and the way he could really sing a piece of music that made him outstanding. Music is what mostly brings my dad back to my mind. Although I may have teared up a little bit while sharpening my knives. He taught me that too. Hey, I warned you from the top. I believed my dad could do anything. So I'm talking with my girls today. We're going to talk about Grandpa. I have Erin, Hannah, Grace. Say hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> that was so good. So we're going to talk about Grandpa today. I love Grandpa. What? Um, tell me each of your favorite memories of Grandpa. One time we went geocaching. <laughs> I don't know why. I always think of this memory because it was like so Grandpa. But we went hiking because they lived in Colorado for a while. So we went hiking and I was super into geocaching at the time. And we were hiking on a cliff and the geocache geocache was on the side of the cliff. Oh, yes. And he's like, what is it? Scaled the cliff or he like slid down and grabbed onto a tree and he like (laughs) slid down the cliff and grabbed the geocache. And he's like, here you go. Because we were all like, oh, I don't think we're going to do this. And he's like, no, we're going to do it. He always finished what he started. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, if he was doing a project, it didn't matter what was going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, I have to finish this before I can do anything. Yeah. Although I have heard you talk about, like, him taking apart your sink or something. <laughs> That's what Dad's saying in the bathroom. <laughs> we, were, we, we had just bought our first house. 
And so he he just was visiting. I think he's passing through for some reason. So he was there for like a day. And he's he got, he came out. He'd taken a shower. He came out into the living room. And he said, um, I may have started something. <laughs> <laughs> and we went to the bathroom. And he had peeled off a whole wall of our tiles in the bathroom. Well, I'm sure I mean, he noticed it was loose because I'm sure there's water damage behind it. He, But then he was like, but I have to leave. <laughs> so he left us with our bathtub full of tile and soggy drywall. And we had one bathroom in that house. That's true. That was our only shower. You remember that picture of him at the cabin where it's like all the cousins were chasing seagulls, mm-hmm. but he's like at the front of it. Like yeah. he's chasing seagulls and he's just making this like crazy wild man face with his arms up and like he's like running wildly towards. I'm sure Uncle Dan took the picture. I feel like that characterizes some of my memories of, yeah. mm-hmm. of Grandpa. Just like he would always swim and climb the dunes and play volleyball or whatever we were doing and. He was so goofy, mm-hmm. right? He always wanted to. He always wanted to be involved and play whatever we were playing and and be active. Like we would play um, kick the can, yeah. And he was like a winner <laughs> at that. Like he, was he would like knock people over in that game. Yes, he he was like, I don't care that your children. Yeah, I will I'm gonna this win. Game. Yeah. <laughs> or break the can, like yeah. <laughs> Yes, well, because you have to put your foot on the can. I remember, I distinctly remember we had the yellow bucket, bucket. and he stomped on it, and it just shattered. (laughs) (laughs) What do you guys remember about him giving you music lessons? I just thank the Lord that I didn't get those, because it (laughs) sounds terrifying. He was pretty intense, because he, you know, had high expectations for us. And I remember he would... um, pat my head like for tempo for tempo and and dad did that too when we took piano yeah dad did that too yeah for sure uh it was intimidating because he was so good you know he played his horn all the time like that's um definitely another memory connected to grandpa Mm -hmm. like specific songs too like the main melody from pantomime and uh the music box dancer and just like some of those song of the brother like some of those melodies that he would play all the time because he would play his horn, like, at sunset at the cabin or, mm-hmm. like, when when they lived close, you know, he practiced all the time. Because he time. was so good at his horn. He just played all the time. And so, you know, taking lessons from him was like, I want to be as good as he is. So it was intimidating because you're like, you're so good and I'm not that good. But, you know, I'm in 10th grade or whatever. I don't even know when, what window of time we took lessons from him. But... I also didn't practice, and he knew I didn't practice, so mm-hmm. I felt bad about that. I remember slinking in like <laughs> I didn't practice this. I would be nervous He's gonna the know entire that day. I didn't yeah. practice this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he would. He he was always so nice, but he'd like you didn't practice. You have to practice. I know. I think that at that point he just decided. Well, I will just play. Yeah, it was always, making music with Grandpa was always so cool just because he's so good at it. But also it just was like, I don't know, he just wanted to share it. You could tell he just wanted to play music. Playing duets was always fun. Playing at the cabin was like one of my favorite memories. Yeah. Uh, just playing duets with him. 
you're sitting out on the deck and the sun is setting and you're just like playing music and it's like one of my favorites and grandpa would just play all day Mm -hmm. honestly like I don't really have any stories I just remember like the fact that he had like the hardest chest in the world yeah I, yes. He was like, like his his abdomen. He was just He's so strong. He was yes. It was all muscle. like mu- muscle exactly. Yeah, you'd give him a hug. It was like hugging a tree trunk. You <laughs> were like, this is like the most uncomfortable hug, but best hug ever. You know, it was just like, yeah. how are you even this strong right now? <laughs> yes, I felt the same thing because he had just such a like strong body like yeah. he'd, he'd he'd hug you but it'd be like <laughs> like <laughs> he'd just like pat you on the back and, and you're, you're like, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't hardly remember getting hugs from my dad it was the shoulder the little shoulder wiggle you know like i'm proud of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he was not a hugger he became so much more snuggly and <laughs> Huggy and I, yeah, fun and playful right. when he became a grandpa. But I just sometimes would marvel at him, like, who is this man? Yeah. I remember just like playing card games with well, you know how like Uncle Ben gets mad about <laughs> stuff? Like grandpa would almost get the same kind of mad <laughs> yes. as Uncle Ben. And he got those like wild eyes, like <laughs> Because it's like, why does this game not go by my rules? I can't believe it. And he would get frustrated and his voice would go up like three octaves. Yes! He'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, he gets so, like, it's so funny. Grandpa never really liked to play games, so you guys are doing pretty good that he actually played games. I'm not sure if he liked it. I remember (laughs) the one game that I do think that he did enjoy was the drawing game. The drawing game, exactly, yeah. I guess it makes sense because he's an engineer, so he has to, like, design things and Mm -hmm. things like that. But I never, literally every time he would draw something, I'd be like, oh, wow, that's really good. Yeah. Like, I'd be shocked. It's like, of course you're good at that. Yeah. He's the kind of person that you, I feel like if he wasn't my grandpa, like, if he was just, like, a random person, I'd be like, I want to hate you so bad, but I can't because you're Mm -hmm. so amazing. Yeah. (laughs) He was always, like, fixing stuff and working on stuff, too. Like, when we were at the cabin, like, obviously, it was kind of up to him to maintain it. But that screen door, every time we were at the <laughs> oh cabin, he was fixing that screen door. <laughs> that was such a huge source of frustration for him because it was always broken. No matter how many times he fixed it, how many, try- how many times he tried to do a different system, it was just always broken. Yeah, it really was. Oh, and like his shed in the back. We got to make mm-hmm. stuff that one year. We all made something. Yeah. I made a, the base, the, the bouncy ball shelf downstairs. Oh, I still I have like, all of those things you guys made. Yeah, and Hannah made the lighthouse. The lighthouse, like, puzzle art piece mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were using real big adult tools, so I'm sure mm-hmm. he wasn't just like, here's my here's my tool shed. Cut away. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead. Here's the router. Mm-hmm. And Austin made made the reacher grabber, which we kept for a long time because we actually used it when things would fall off the side of the cabin. The side right. of the deck. We used the reacher grabber to yeah, yeah. So we would like hang our towels on the side of the deck, and then it would fall into the Inevitably. bushes. Yeah, and you can't walk through that with the dune grass; you get stabbed. Yeah, yeah. And he would he would start the fires with a blowtorch. <laughs> That's right. Well, he would use the blowtorch, and then he would use his 
air compressor <laughs> to blow yes. in the fire to yes. get it to oh go. My gosh, I <laughs> so it was just like, wow. <laughs> Grandpa had like every hobby in the world too. Mm-hmm. Like he was a super tech guy and he yeah. bought a sailboat and he was into photography and. He just had all of these different interests. He wanted to try everything. Mm-hmm. It's true. Any new gadget that yeah. came out, he was like, was I'm like, on that. Right. Unless it was Apple. Right. And then then absolutely not. Yeah. You guys remember any of his stories? Well, I always remember him talking about when grandma went on a date with some other guy or yes. like went to the prom uh, with some other guy. That's the one that I was it. thinking of because he was like, I, I always liked her. Like I saw her from afar and then she decided to go out with another guy. <laughs> And then she'd be like, well, he asked me first. He's like, maybe you knew I was going to ask you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's always so funny. Well, he asked me first. <laughs> I still have a picture of them. You know the grandma's chair? Like the chair that she has currently in her home that she sits and like reads her little mm-hmm. Kindle on? Mm-hmm. Where... They're sharing the chair, <laughs> and he's just. She was sitting in there reading, and he just decided to bug her, and so he sits in the same chair as her. But and she starts to be really mad at him, and then they got all cute and married. <laughs> I have a picture of them just kind of oh, that's cute. cuddling on the that. chair. Yeah, I'll find it. Yeah, it's funny because Grandpa's silly and goofy, but he hated silly and goofy things. Yeah. Like whenever we watched movies. We watched a movie. I can't remember what it was. Now You See Me is the one you always talk yeah. about. Yeah, Now You See Me. And it was like they did this crazy magic trick. And he goes, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That is that would never have happened. And it's like, <laughs> maybe not Grandpa, but it's a movie. So. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I think you and I went to their home. And we watched a movie. And I was like, I want to watch Monster House. <laughs> and I... And we were in their basement, which is super creepy. Yeah, and their basement is scary. And we went and we watched it, and I was terrified out of my wits. Like, yeah. it's still I to this day. I think it was there. Okay. I just don't think I was afraid of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I watched a scary movie, and I had to sleep in Grandma and Grandpa's bed, and Grandpa was like, why are you afraid? You should not be afraid. Like, <laughs> you decided to watch this movie. You should not be scared. Because he was so logical that this this doesn't compute. This is an animated movie. He also was super into, like, the, um, like, nuts. We always had had a can of nuts. A good can. And if we were like, what should we get Grandpa for Christmas or his birthday? Let's get him some nuts. Yes. Just different mixes of Just nuts. tie a little bow around it. Here you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what seasoning should we put on it this year to make yeah. it different? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He did like a can of nuts. It's true. Because he was a nut. This episode of On Carlson Drive was produced for Boogie Land Media by Randy and Wendy Bonifield and distributed through our friends at podbean.com. All stories were written, edited, and narrated by Wendy Bonifield. All original music and music arrangements are written and performed by Randy Bonifield. Remember to subscribe, and please like, add, friend, and review this podcast wherever you find us. Follow On Carlson Drive on Facebook and Instagram at username On Carlson Drive. And be sure to visit our website at OnCarlsonDrive.com. 
Special thanks to all our friends and families who, unbeknownst to them, were writing the stories we tell simply by living them. Join us in two weeks for a new episode. Until then, thank you for listening to On Carlson Drive.